Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic and nerd destination, where you can see me probably crying in a corner and with generous support from listeners like you. To learn how you can support other fine, geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Flame On. I'm Brian. I'm here with a full table and then some of friends and family and people we love. Uh, let's go around this. Let's we'll do a little counterclockwise, ro- no clockwise rotation. I always screw that up. Uh, we got Jared. Hi. Uh, Oral. Hello. And uh, Eric. Hey, everybody. And Jeff's here. Hi, guys. And BJ. Hey, what's up? And behind me, Pat. What's going on? So today is Sunday, June 12th, 2016. And we are recording this on our normal recording day. But uh, we, of course, uh, live in Orlando, all of us. And we would be remiss to not discuss the horrific shooting that happened late last night or early this morning at the Pulse uh, Club in Orlando, uh, downtown Orlando. And I want to start with just uh, touching on the fact that there is at least one member of our Flame On extended family who is still among the missing, and that's Drew Leonin. Uh, if you want to go back in the feed, we did a Star Wars uh, micro probably a year and a half, two years ago. It's, it's been a while. And before Force Awakens and all that. And he actually, uh, I think, also came on the show previously. He was a good friend. Uh, well, but let's put it this way. We don't know if he is indeed among the dead, but he is certainly among the missing. And his mother, if you've been watching any of the coverage or you, you see this later, his mother has been very prominently featured on the news reacting to the fact that she can't find out, which is just tragic. We do know that her, uh, his boyfriend, uh, Juan, was, also, was killed. Uh, they they confirmed that he died in surgery. So uh, Drew, like I said, is an extended member of the Flame On family, a close friend of Joshua's, who uh, I've actually talked to, and 
he's basically holding vigil in California. So we have a very personal connection. I think Oral, you also have some friends who are uh, affected. No, I um I know some people. Um, my friend's girlfriend was uh, shot twice. Uh, she made it through surgery and seems to be in recovery. Um, they lost uh, two friends uh, there. They didn't make it. Uh, I've got some other friends who have friends who were there. Um, some got off with flesh wounds. Um, some also died. Uh, a friend of mine, his uh, a friend of his, his roommate was there. Um, it was one of the the hostages, and it's not doing so hot. So it's um, it's been a rough. Yeah, I mean, it's and and we we kind of talked before we started recording, but. Uh, Pulse is a club that is usually catering to the slightly younger demographic uh, of the gay community. It's a very nice club. In fact, I, I started going there back close to when it opened. And we would go, actually Eric and I would go on Tuesday nights for their $2 martinis. Yeah, and they also had karaoke, and it was just a nice place to hang out. We uh, we had many memorable nights there uh, Janine, uh, not is it not Janine? What's yeah? Uh, it was Janine. Joey's Joey, Joey Fatone's sister. sister used to host the karaoke there, and we we definitely had some really fun, I mean, great experiences. And for a long time, that was my gay bar. I had no other. I didn't go to Parliament. I didn't go to anything else. Really, that was it. Yeah. Um, and it's been in Orlando for a long time, but it, it's a it's a smaller bar, and I think we were discussing this earlier. It's quite possible that he targeted it either because of the marketing that it has. Um, this guy who, who I'm not even going to name, not because I, I don't even feel like his name deserves to be mentioned on anything, but uh, he evidently was upset by men kissing, as according to his father, and uh, must have found out about Pulse because he wasn't from the Orlando area, he's from South Florida. Um, but Pulse could have very, very well have been targeted because it is kind of a small club and it's very hard to get around in the club and very few exits uh, as well. Um, but, uh, we are just going to discuss a little bit of that. I want to talk a little bit about Drew and just kind of address this issue because obviously this isn't our hometown and it's now the, I think the worst, is, there, is that true? It's That's a, what they're calling it. Yeah, yeah. I think Sandy, was it Sandy Hook is the next one or? And I guess in the twenties yeah, or thirties, 30, 35. Well, <laughs> well, the twenties and thirty, like 19, there was a, they said like 40 some odd people were blown up in a, in a bombing. But so, this is the worst U.S. Yeah, well, no, that's the U.S. too. But oh, yeah. this is the deadliest mass shooting in the U.S. history. Yeah, right here in Orlando. So, and depending on how you look at it, whether it's um, deaths or injuries, we are either the this is either the second or third greatest um, terror attack since, or uh, counting nine eleven. But from nine eleven to today, this is. Uh, the second worst for fatalities, and um, third if you if you count uh, wounded. The Boston um, the Boston Marathon bombing um, had about 120 injured, and uh, but only just a few killed. Where we're at 50 and 53 for um, dead and wounded. Yeah, so I mean. We figured they, I think they even said the club had about 300 and change people in it. Mm-hmm. And this was like yeah. closing time. It was like 2 a.m. Yeah. And a um, hundred of those were shot. And now, you know, 
that's all going on. So uh, we found out about this this morning. I mean, let's, we'll talk a little bit, I guess, about all our experiences with it. My mother, uh, Jeff and my mother, called us, uh, called me at 6 a.m. and was freaking out and texting, and I was half asleep, and I thought something was bad on their side. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm awake. What's up? And then she told me about it. I was just like, oh, my God, that's that's horrible. So then, of course, you know, Pat and I watched the news pretty much the entirety of the morning to see what news there was. And, uh, I mean, basically, when by the time she called me, it was over, but just barely. I mean, it went all the way until the, like 5 or five something. 5 in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And that's when uh, my wife, uh, she works at one of the hospitals off Orange Avenue, which is uh, where the club is located off of. So they basically called her at five in the morning saying, you need to find an alternate route to work because Orange Avenue was closed due to an incident. They didn't specify. They just said you need to find an alternate route when you come in. And that was, you know, that was enough grounds to get up and go, okay, what the hell happened? And, you know, by that point, they had, I think they had just commenced the rescue with the, you know, the, the distractionary bomb to kind of draw the, uh, the gunman's attention and, at that point, they had still only confirmed like in the twenties of yeah. of dead, and then they said though it was in the forties for injured, but they were still you know still on the scene, still trying to gather information. Um, and then yeah, it just escalated from there. the The numbers just got higher. Um, someone else want to talk about their? Oh, oh, well, one more thing I will say about I mean our day to day has been constant. Facebook, texting, calling, email for my for our friend Carrie, who used to go to Pulse a lot with us. Well, hello, someone's here. Um, we uh, constant communication, and it's really kind of amazing. It's kind of it's kind of awesome that uh, they. Uh, I don't know. Who it is. So it's it's delivery. Oh. So, uh, constant communication with everybody, uh, checking in, seeing how we're doing. I, I know, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Obviously, everyone pretty much, I, from what I've heard, has been constantly pinged by everyone they know. And even if you fo- post on Facebook, hey, I'm fine. And, uh, you know, people still want to see how you're doing, if you know anyone, and it's been... And that's, well, that's the thing. It's always the, the, the same two questions of, okay, well, I see you're okay. Did you know anyone? Right. And, yeah. Um, so it's, it's awful. It's an awful thing to have to go through in no matter, you know, especially as you're a victim or you're close to people who are killed. But being in that community is an, an awful experience, but yet at the same time, you feel a sense of community more than you did, would normally. And you have those connections to people you haven't had connections with in forever. And they kind of reaching out to verify that you're still there. It's, it's kind of a, it's, it's consoling in this kind of time. But yeah. uh, who, what else did you guys have as well, far I'm, as reaction? I'm very uh, glad about the kind of amount of support that's come out uh, since this has happened. Um, uh, my friends in Ireland and the UK were all throwing out their uh, condolences and their uh, thoughts and prayers. Um, I was a little weirded out when people were texting me and calling me at like six o'clock in the morning because I'm still fast asleep. Um, but uh, I think it was you, Brian, who texted me and like asking if I was okay, and I didn't quite understand the context of what uh, 
Brian was talking about until he told me that there was a shooting at, at Pulse uh, last night. And so um, it's um, it's been a long, exhausting day for, for all of us, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My um, I have a friend that just came back. Uh, he's been he's been deployed mm-hmm. for the past year and he just got back yesterday and uh, I was talking to him and everything and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have, you know, have a good time and uh, I'll probably drink myself under the table. And I was like, OK, that's great. Uh, I'm and so I just went to a small bar and hung out with a couple friends and I went home. And when I woke up this morning, because I didn't wake up till nine, um, I had all these messages and I'm driving to work and I'm at every stoplight. I'm like. Once I f- realized what had actually happened, you know, all it was just kind of a frantic thing to just try and make sure everybody I knew was okay because I had no idea who was going out, what everybody was doing. And right when I pulled into work, I realized that he had gone out, and I didn't know like he hadn't he hadn't messaged anyone. Everybody was calling him. Everybody was calling me, asking if if he had gotten a hold of me and everything. And it was. And then around noon, he he finally checked in and told everybody that they were fine and that they they didn't go. But at the same time, I was like just that like three hours of not knowing was enough to like just I I think at one point I just went into a room at work and like laid down because I just because then I actually had to deal with what actually happened, not just the worrying about other people. I was, you know, that's something that happened less than eight miles away from where I live. You know, and bless my mom's heart. I called mom. I texted mom and let my mom know she, I was okay. And she calls me and she's like, "What? What are you talking about? Did you actually <laughs> send me the wrong text?" And oh, I was Lord. like, "Oh boy, now I get to explain what happened to my mom." And then I told her, and then she started crying. So it was a, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a day. I um, <clears throat> I was visiting with some friends from out of town, and I was downtown last night to see a show, and uh. I dropped my friend off, and I, I drove out to Avalon where my friends are staying. And my friend, just like at three, like two thirty in the morning, is messaging me and asking me if if I'm at home. And I'm just like, no. I'm like, why? He's like, well, there was a mass shooting at Pulse, and I'm like, do do they know anything? He's like, no, not yet. And I started um looking for information, but it was all. St- Still so new and so I didn't know anything um and you don't want to like raise alarms but you also don't want to not say anything so um I guess I just got kind of overwhelmed I'm just like well you know so far everyone that I've contacted is okay I'll wait a couple of hours um took a nap woke up it's bedlam uh found out my sister almost went to post last night um And uh, she's fine, and and I'm happy she's fine. And, like, I've never really felt, like, 100% safe anywhere because I'm super neurotic as fuck. But, um, like, to not feel safe, to know that none of my friends feel safe, to know that, you know, tomorrow we're going to know, like, who's dead, who's not. We're still missing some people, so, you know, an hour from now, two seconds from now, you know, we can all find out, like, a, a friend of ours is dead. Like, I don't cry. Like, I don't, I don't cry because, like, I'm not, 
just sad. I'm like really frustrated because like this happened and and I'm I'm worried for people. And like I could give a damn about the shooter and I don't care what his motives are because you know this this terrible thing happened like you know I I remember going to Pulse because, like you guys said, like Pulse was your like some for some of us it was our first like home bar. Like I, you know, spent year after year going there, you know, every weekend hanging out with people and seeing familiar faces. And you know, it's you know when you when you when you're calling your friends and um, you're waiting for that text message, you're just like, you know, I'm just gonna throw it out there and start calling people and. Hope to God they pick up, and when they don't, you're freaking out because you just like, like your best friend could be dead. You just don't know. Like you just don't know, and it's, it is not that I don't think that we won't all heal and we won't move past. It's just that initial like, like the initial shock. I think that's what it is. I think I'm just still in shock that like so many people that like I know and we all know it's just they're either like dead or dying or you know, just catatonic and, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel or what I'm supposed to do. Like, you know, how can I help? Like, I've never been, like, a vigil person and because I'm not emotional. And that sounds really strange because I'm crying my eyes out. But, like, it just, I feel, like, lost. And I, I think that's where most of the issues are coming from. Like, with me personally, I just don't, like, you know, for someone who kind of always can eke out a plan like there's no plan for this like you can't plan for this all you can do is just like sit there in horror and think that you know a bunch of people died for no fucking reason yeah this this is what paris has dealt with boston's dealt with new york certainly dealt with i mean communities have this happen in this not even in this day and age it's happened for years and years terror is not new and it's the powerlessness like you said, it's, there's nothing you can do to prepare. But I think the thing we can certainly do as a community is what we are doing. Um, the call for blood, I was amazed, not only seeing it on the news, but talking to people who are looking for a place to donate. They're like, where do you go? I said, I would go on that website, oneblood.org, and see what's out there. And they said, we've been to like five different places, and they're all out of supplies, or there's lines. or And so basically, like, that's... I mean, it's amazing. That that shows that the community of at least Orlando got the word out, mobilized, and got people to donate. Yeah. And that's huge. And there's a GoFundMe now set up by Quality Florida if you want to donate to the family of the victims. We'll put a link to it up on the website, on our Facebook, and on our uh, the Nerdy Show page. Um, if you're if you're local too, they have. Um uh, UCF has said they're going to have donation centers for the entire week. Um, so if you're looking to to give blood, they're going they they need blood and they're going to do it uh do it all week. So if you can get out there this week, that would really help. Um, and if you're local and you need some sort of grief counseling, uh, multiple places, multiple churches. Um, if you're religious, even if you're not, uh, the center um here in orlando is offering counseling and so is ucf yeah we were we were watching the news and we were very pleased watching the social media news and the actual news that you know terry and ben and tim and some of the other people from the center were very out in the community 
rallying. I mean, if you're going to pick a community to target, you could the gay and lesbian community is not a in trans like that is a strong community. If anything comes out of this uh, this tragedy, you will have galvanized a community that was starting to become very stratified and have a lot of infighting. And on top of that, you will now basically have created a sort of sense of victimhood for the gays and lesbians and trans community that is going to make people who are already kind of intolerant really rethink that. So the only thing I feel it really is a positive that comes out of all this is a unified sense of community among all of us. And I get pissed off when I see little tweets from politicians that seem to start already chipping away at that and and doing things to try to make their own issues and just well, and that'll be the worst consequence of this is that the 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 recently deceased will basically become the the banner for whatever politician wants to use this in an election year building the wall banning the muslims i mean trump's even reiterated that bullshit i don't i don't even i i was so busy earlier today just trying to make sure people were okay that i just you know, in all honesty, the best thing people can do when it comes to that, don't don't read the – just don't read it. Just like if you see Donald Trump said anything, you know what? It Don't even – don't even – don't even let them like read that this many people clicked on that link. The best thing you can do is just don't even give them enough – enough ammo. Don't, don't let them think that even people care about it. Yeah. The, the problem with that is that it's not just clicking on a link and reading it on Facebook. I mean, we were watching West 2 all morning, and Donald Trump tweeted out, you know, the uh, his asinine bullshit earlier in the morning, and it's being read to you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you you can't just sit there and go, okay, well, I'm not going to bother, yeah. you know, when it's in a situation like this where they don't have a lot of information, they don't have a lot of footage, they don't have, um, they don't have the material to... Becoming accommodate a 24 hour news cycle. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, West two from the time that we were woken up and turned the TV on at, you know, whatever, six 30 in the morning until two 30 when I left to go to the, the or two 15 West hadn't taken a commercial break. I mean, that's just straight up like nonstop being on the air trying to report this. So all you're seeing is that same, footage those same clips of the cops outside of the building the same footage of the people being loaded up into ambulances or into pickup trucks because they didn't have enough ambulances on site to get people down the street to the hospital um so when when trump tweets out you know earlier you know early this morning that's they, they jump right on it to to read that on the air you know not saying that it's because of you know they're they're trying to put trump in your face but He's a presidential candidate, you know, so they're going to take that and they're going to going to put it out there. And no matter how much you don't want to bother with that, no matter how much you don't want to look at the compiled list of the atrocious tweets that are coming in saying that the that the shooter, you know, did the right thing and that it was about time that, you know, um, insignificant lives were targeted instead of important people. You know, that's the stuff that you don't want to, but at the same time, you almost need it to to continue that fire of wanting to stand up and make a change in this goddamn world. Because if, you know, I lived through 9-11, being from New York, being 
40 minutes away from from ground zero where my father worked across the street you know where my boyfriend worked in the towers and living through that to then come to come to today and have you know thankfully the few people that i knew you know i were fairly quickly accounted for but being a part of the lgbt community being a part of the nightclub community it's hard to just imagine that if it were a different night and it was a different bar, that could have been me. Yeah. I could have been there. That, you know, it, that's, it's hard to fathom. It's extremely hard, hard to fathom. I, I think I, I think I understand why I've been upset and I've, it's helped me with the tears. And I think it's because I've just been trying to, like, suss out, like, what's going on and, like, trying to process it all. I think I'm just pissed. I think I'm just I'm just pissed. And not, like, just full of rage, but just full of rage and nothing to direct it at. And I think that's, I think, Pat, that's what you're getting at. Like, you just, you know, you live through 9-11. Like, most of my family, like, 80% of them is in New York. Um... I remember how scary that was and seeing my mom, um, you know, who was born and raised in New York, you know, raised us there for two years, decided to move down to Florida, like how she felt and trying to get a hold of people. And I think that's I think that's what we're in right now is that you know, like a lot of us are just angry. And like, what do you do with that? Like, do you just, you know, cry? Do you just shout from the rooftops? It's, you know. Do you go out and volunteer, which I would suggest in any capacity that you can? Um, I think is I think that this is one of those turning points where nothing's ever the same. Not that you don't have some semblance of everyday life eventually, but nothing's the same. And nor should it ever be the same. Um, and I'm not saying that we should you know, bury the memories of our dead like in our hearts and let it fester. But, you know, come out of this with this like renewed vigor. And, you know, some people are saying a sense of pride, but for me, I think it's more of a sense of defiance. Like, like I have to be defiant. We yeah. have to be defiant. We owe it to those kids. Cause like Brian, like you said, Pulse is a, a young people's club. Like, you know, I was 20, 22, 23. Where did I go? I went to Pulse. Like, they're children. They're, they're our kids. Like, fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck this. There we go. I'm feeling better now. Fuck <laughs> this. So, I don't know. It's still not on the official list, but somebody did just post on Drew's Facebook that he was his name was confirmed. I mean, I it's not official, but I mean, at this point... He's among the missing. He's not in the hospitals. His mother's been all over the media. Uh, it's heartbreaking. I mean, as soon as I saw her this morning, I was my heart dropped into my chest or whatever. It was, just, or it was in my throat or whatever. It just like completely floored me, not knowing that it was Drew's mom, but having that sense that, oh my God, this could be my mother, you know, reacting to me being missing. It's, it's heartbreaking. And Drew is an amazing person, and we all... Uh, I think we all we all share the sense of loss, but I know specifically uh, his group of friends, including Joshua Yale, who is our our good friend 
and a former castmate. Uh, I mean, obviously, in this terrible, terrible time, it's 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 all we can do to give you all the support we can muster. And again, the the uh, uh, GoFundMe for the victims is being managed by Quality Florida, so it's not a scam. Um, there is also one that is being run by the center. Okay, good. In uh, conjunction with, I believe, Zebra and Hope and Help. Good. So, I mean, as much as you feel like donating may just kind of be a quick and easy thing for some, it, it means a lot to the families because now they're faced with just debilitating loss that's going to affect them, not just physically, emotionally, spiritually, but but financially because they have to bury somebody and that's a huge expense and they have to they have to deal with what that means and that could be getting them out of a lease. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could just totally crush you. Um, so please, please give that a, a thought. I do want to say thank you to Imam Mushri. He's a local uh, uh, Muslim leader in Central Florida. He's on a show I listen to called Faith with Friends on our local NPR. He was part of an early press conference today, and I'm glad they brought him in only because this is not about Islamic terrorism. This is about hate, and the, the religion of Islam, as much as it is misused in this day and age, is still a, a religion of peace, and he is a leader I've respected for a long time about, you know, in his faith, being a person of peace and love and and, and we're reaching across all of the faiths. He and his comrades is a, is a Jewish, uh, uh, what was that called? A, uh, rabbi. Rabbi, thank you. Wow. And a, and a minister, a Christian minister, that they have this show and they just talk. It's called Friends of Faith. And every time I listen, I'm really, really, it's what I think religion should be. And what they do together is what is the best of religion. And what this person may have uh, committed in the name of religion it was not the not not real, not true religion, not not the true faith of Islam. So I want to thank him for getting out there and speaking about this uh, directly, because a lot of times it's danced around or people use it as a a thing. But this guy got out in front of it, and I really appreciate it. Um, there just so everybody, anybody local listening, and everybody here knows, there's a candlelight vigil um, for Orlando at Lake Eola <clears throat> next Sunday. On uh, at 8 p.m. for a uh, scheduled because sunsets at 8:25. So by the time this airs, basically that coming Sunday. Yeah. The 19th. Okay. The 19th um, of June. I also want to say that it was a challenge today, but the uh, local gay and lesbian community band actually performed. Uh, it was a, a it was their fifth anniversary concert, and I wasn't sure if it was right or not to perform. I, I kind of went back and forth. Thankfully, I didn't have to make the decision, but. What I will say is it was a it was a good concert and the only thing you well one of the things you can do is continue to live your life in the face of such hate and terrorism and not let any of these things stop you from loving and living and making music in this case and I'm really glad we we turned it out and and, and it's a great organization and and any community organization you're a part of this is a great time to volunteer and give back to them and help them reach out to other communities and really support each other. Cause like oral, you were saying, like, what can you do? Like, this is it. This is what you do. This is all we can do. The geek community, the gay community, the every community, this, this is what we do. We keep each other safe as much as we can. And we support each other when we can't. So I think that's the huge thing to take away. And the blood donations are still worth doing. Um, even if it's not necessarily like 
going to go to the victims in Orlando. People need blood everywhere. That's a constant thing. And I know there's the whole, you know, if you haven't had sex with a man for a year, and there's all these other things. And I, I read something on Facebook. I wasn't sure if it was true that they've lifted that. It's not. No, it's false. No. I thought it's so. False. But here's the deal. Those of you who are listening, and I know you have a lot, we have a lot of straight listeners. I don't know if you knew that. Um, you guys can give all you want as long as you haven't had anal sex or whatever with a man. Somehow. I guess that works. I don't know. Read the rules. Go have sex. Go, go donate blood. Do all of it. And and uh, and just keep keep uh, keep us in your thoughts because uh, you know obviously we saw Paris and other communities. It takes a while to heal, but again, I feel confident we're gonna heal and be even stronger. I just want to say that this is the time where we need to band together in support. And unity. And it's going to happen because that's the world that we live in. But it's going to be this whole thing about Islamic terrorism. And this was, um, you know, a religious or ISIS attack on our soil. And this is the point in time where we don't need to start becoming xenophobes and islamophobes and fear and well and yeah and and just putting it you know out there that we're now going to hate all brown people no fuck that that's not what this is i like to make a point of contention they've already (laughs) always hated brown people well (laughs) i love brown people don't don't let it fuel those fires the the problem is those people are always gonna hate the hate. Th- that group of people. Haters gonna hate. Whether them. it's gonna be black people, whether it's Muslims, those people aren't aren't the issue. The problem is gonna be the people that can't make sense of what happened. And this is the point in time where we, as a community, not just the LGBT community, but the Orlando community as Americans, come together and say what happened was senseless and it was tragic. But unless there is some proof that he was part of a group of people that were planning this thing, this is somebody who was severely mentally fucked up, who decided to go out, who was a U.S. citizen and decided to go out and legally purchase guns and drive 90 plus miles at 2 o'clock in the morning to then barrel into a nightclub, a gay nightclub, guns blazing, and take out a third of the people inside of that building. Mm -hmm. That's who we have to be mad at. That one person. I don't care if he's dead or not. Be mad at him. Blame him. And support the people who need to be supported at this point in time because nothing good is going to come out of trying to blame an entire race, an entire religion, or anybody else for this. Here, here. 9 11, yeah. you want to sit there and you want to talk about the extremists. But that was because an entire group of people turned around and planned to do the maximum damage to this country. And that's fine. Blame those people, be mad at those people and those extremists in that group. This is not that time. Well, and you can't honestly say, too, that among the the people that died in 9-11, the people that died in any terror attack, people that died last night, that the government didn't walk in and go, I'm sorry, are you Muslim? Okay, you can leave. 
he was killing without any kind of care in the world. Yeah, so yeah. every religion, everybody was affected exactly. by this. Exactly. I mean, this was, and, and that was the thing that killed me the most today, listening to the news and, and, and them sitting there in news outlets trying to figure out, well, we haven't determined if this is a terror attack or a hate crime. Why? There's no reason that they're mutually exclusive in this case. It was a hate crime and a terror attack. It was both. There was no or. It was an and. And when President mm-hmm. Obama came out and addressed and, and did his statement and, and addressed the public, he was one of the only people that I heard speak up until about 2.30 that said that it was a, that it was a hate crime and it was an act of terror. And that's what it was. Yep. So another friend of mine, uh, indirectly, uh, his name was Omar, and he was a musician that um, another friend of mine knew very well, and I guess he was also among the dead. So this is what we're in for for the next few days, and I, you know, I can't, I can't agree more with what Pat said and what we've said here is, this is not the time to let this turn into hatred, mm-hmm. no matter who you're hating against. It, it really is a time to focus on what we can do to stop this as a community and keep us from going down darker paths um, like we did after 9-11. So, and that's the easy choice. It's, the, it's very that's, easy. That's yeah. the easy thing to say is, well, I'm just going to hate anyone yep. that is different from me mm-hmm. or anybody that I think would be responsible for these things. We're all capable of doing something terrible. Yeah, so. it's, it's true. So, And the city of Orlando, the, um, the official list... Uh, and obviously, depending on you know who knows who and whose friends have been have been affected, um, the city's only released seven names so far. And we mentioned the fact that Pulse was kind of like the uh, the the beginner bar, the the Gabies, um, the youngest person that has been reported by the city was 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. 20, 22, 34, and 36. Or it was in a 23-year-old, so it's, I mean, when you're talking, the majority of the people really so far, seven out of the 50 so far, 20 to 23 years old, just starting their lives. Yep. That's just, ugh. So, if you have any uh, thoughts or, you know, we're not, we're not soliciting uh, sympathy or anything like that, but if you, if you do share this uh, episode, please, you know, share the word about the GoFundMe, share the word about donating blood. Let's again turn this terrible tragedy into a positive thing as much as we can for our communities to come together and never let this happen again, but also be resilient enough to recover if and when this happens again somewhere else. And thank you to the people who have reached out to us, our listeners and our friends who several people who contacted us either via Facebook, via text message, phone call, whatever it is. Um, to check on us and I mean that was one of our biggest concerns this morning amongst ourselves was just making sure that uh, that the people that we knew were okay and we're thankful for the ones that are and we uh, we hang our, our heads low for the ones who are not yes and uh, whatever the whatever comes out about our friend Drew we definitely want to dedicate this episode to him because he was an amazing man and he's ha- he actually leaves behind a quite a quite a body of work of his own that we'll share with you guys online and many people's lives that he's touched as a, uh, a counselor, um, not to mention his friends and family. So 
Thank you, Drew, and uh, we hope we hope you're in light wherever you are. And uh... so I didn't see this movie, but I understand that a movie came out made by a movie uh, filmmaker that I really like, David Bowie's son, Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones. Yep. Moon is one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Uh, what was the one he did with Jake Gyllenhaal? I didn't see that. That was J- Jake Gyllenhaal. Who? Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Jillian Hall? Source Jig- Code. Jiggle your balls? I like that. I think it was uh, Source Code. Was that good? It was okay. Moon is much. still the pinnacle Moon of the Duncan Jones. Minimal, but great. Um, so he made a movie, a little a little low-budget indie movie called Warcraft, <laughs> that uh, touches the lives of a lot of fantasy and fantasy and... <laughs> Look, <laughs> just shut up. Fantasy. I'll talk about this. All right. Okay. So Jared is the only one who's seen it. Which and is an indicative of things. Exactly. Yes. But I Jared am Jared is actually passionate about this. <laughs> Jared just motioned like he was jerking off to it. So yes. I'm just going to point that jerking out. Jerking off to goblins. But this way, yes. what did you think? All right. So it's a fantasy movie. And when I say that, most fantasy movies suck. Just flat out suck. Dungeon Siege, the movie. Dungeon Siege, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Well, I, I, guess, I guess that's a more important context. This is not Ouch. only a fantasy movie, but it's a fantasy movie based on a, a video game. Right. Those are like almost a guarantee of you're not going to make your money. But, yeah. But the the things that I will cherish and like really applaud them for is... Uh, their visuals and their CG unquestionable. Everything was perfect. The the tra- the tragic thing is that the CG characters were more sympathetic than the actual like analog real actors. Um, oh my god, so many hot guys in that movie though. Well, let's see. Uh, they had Dominic Cooper from oh. uh, Preacher. Yep. Oh, he was in it. Uh, the yep. lead. What the hell's his name Travis from Vikings? Fennell. Travis Fimmel from Vikings. Yep. Um, ben Foster name? was a wizard. Oh, uh, well, who else? Toby. Uh, Toby Kimmel. Yeah. Toby, well, he he played the main. He, he played uh, Durotan, but you know he's he's all CG and all. But um, Durotan was you know a very very handsome orc. You know, big beefy uh, mm. you know hairy guys. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, but I was I was so impressed with the level of detail that they had with their scenes, their costuming. The costuming was probably like my favorite part of it. Um, when they go to Stormwind, all of the uh, Stormwind soldiers are wearing you know the very uh, you know quintessential Stormwind armor. Everything's gilded and lions, and um, uh, you you get little uh, glimpses of the different races throughout the movie. Uh, at the beginning, you have the Draenei uh, when they're over in um, Draenor. As they're opening the dark portal, um, you have uh, the elves, which for some reason they were like super orange uh, in the movie. <laughs> were these night elves or blood elves? No, these were these were the blood elves. You know, okay. the, the was it the Keldorai or whatever they were. Um, this is before they uh, they turned. Yeah. But um, yeah, they were just like super orange. They looked like Oompa Loompas with their uh, like white hair and uh, like orange skin. It was just mm. kind of weird, but. Visually, I was very impressed with the movie, but the storytelling and the editing, the editing was probably the weirdest thing because there would be scenes where they would go transition from one place to another, but there really wasn't uh, anything to indicate, oh, how did you get there or what what brought you to this point? So there are a lot of just really bad storytelling um, things there. Um, but overall, 
No, I, I would give it a, a strong C plus. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are the other criticisms mm. we're hearing? Is it just a lack of interest, or is it just bad writing? Yeah, um, that is the the weakest editing. part yeah. I've heard is the storytelling. Yeah, like they say, everything CG is on is is unparalleled with with how much attention they paid to it. But then the storytelling is only kind of okay. And that's not a fault of the filmmaker as much as the script he has to work with. I mean, to an extent, but a filmmaker can still, you know, try to do what they can on the fly. It's just a matter of what the the production company will kind of permit, especially when you get to the editing phase. Mm-hmm. They could he could film everything he wants, and then right. the editor could, or the that's what kind of what happened with the Fantastic Four movie from last year, and what we saw so publicly right. when Josh Trank came out and basically disowned it. Yeah. Uh, a studio, depending on what they look at and test audiences see, can go. Yeah, no, we need we need this, we need this. The problem is, it looks like they're trying to stay as as loyal to the material that it came from in the game story as possible. Right. So there's only so much you can there, play with that. There were variations in the story that they did were different in the movie than the actual game series, but you know they they made choices that. Um, my friends and I thought, okay, well, that's that's reasonable, you know, given this context or that context. Um, yeah, it was it wasn't it wasn't great, but it was entertaining. And I know China's going to eat that up because oh. as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, there's just all these uh, pictures of Chairman Mao on you know hundred dollar notes just popping up everywhere. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they already really. Because it opened in China before here, mm-hmm. and they were already boasting really big numbers in really? China. Yeah, I think I think they said too it was actually bigger than the Force Awakens. Wow, yeah, for an opening. Well, yeah. I mean, Warcraft is huge yeah. in the world. Yes. There's competitive in gaming the with Warcraft. World of Warcraft. No. <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> see what, I see what you did, you see what I did there. So, so if I watch wow. this movie, oh, Eric, you guys are like. Were you on a podcast together at some point? I feel like that happened. No, you're just imagining things. Oh, uh, it was like it's like a new heart. Mm-hmm. I wake it was up all a dream. Show. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're talking about weekly media mess. Uh, yeah. it's a shameless plug <laughs> of a long since I wasn't dead even podcast. Mention it because God only knows if it's still available. So it is. I still see the weekly views on Facebook. Ah, <laughs> we're up to three. <laughs> up to three. Wow. Um. So if I watch this movie, because I played WoW. Would I get a better sense of the history of the universe? It, de- it depends yeah. on how much you've done research-wise yeah. in the lore. For none for, at all. Okay, for like a like a layman, like yeah, it's pretty pretty good. It's just not you know the most accurate representation of their lore. But mm. they they talk about the orcs coming to um, um, Azeroth. Azeroth. and um, the circumstances of that happening is kind of different than it is from um, the story. But it's just. You know, they they have it, and um, I don't know. There there were some there were some story details that were just kind of off putting. Like the the Stormwind in the movie is the new Stormwind that's in Warcraft Three and uh, World of Warcraft. The old Stormwind was destroyed during um, the first uh, Warcraft series. I think it's what I had read too from like the initial trailer that they released. Like, oh well. This city's already in the sky, and that mm. isn't supposed to have happened until later in the game. But it's already starting in the sky in yeah. the movie. And what the hell? Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's 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 deep nerd stuff. Yeah. 
I mean, if you go in just for like well, a fantasy series, it's probably going to be an entertaining movie. I, I Kenny's great. Like yeah. Cadgar was adorable. Like he you, was, you came out with some sketches afterwards. You were I inspired. Uh, no, well, Cadgar <laughs> was uh, the uh, the young mage uh, character in, in the movie. Is he scantily clad? No, he's not. Heavily robed. He's heavily robed. Wizard robes, yeah. I guess. Well, he, was, he was cute. He was cute. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just I, I was expecting him to look a little more more wizened because in uh, Wow, he's like Merlin. He's got, oh. like, got this long old beard. I've seen things. Yes. 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 So it's, it's just telling that they released a prequel novel before the movie came out. Oh, really? Yeah. To set up the movie. They oh, did that with Force Awakens after the fact, but yeah. Well, you had six movies setting up Force Awakens. But I mean, as specifically, well. like, they, they did the after. There's some movie or book that came out that sort of sets the stage, but but again, that's a whole other thing. And so, uh, C. Plus, uh, maybe a C. Plus plus. Oh, we'll see. Hey, I like that. <laughs> now you're speaking my language. Yes. Oh, yeah. Nerds. Yes. Uh, yes. uh, <laughs> um, another movie came out that we haven't talked about. X-Men, the latest installment of the ongoing multi-part X-Men epic. This uh, is the final part of the, isn't it? Isn't that supposed no. to be like considered a trilogy well, yes of movies? No. It is and it isn't. Like, some contracts are up. Singer has said, uh, Brian Singer, he's not going to just jump right back in the saddle. Without them dollar bills well, flashing in front of his face? That may or may not be the case, but... It is sort of the spiritual, at the end of a spiritual arc, where they could just decide next to jump forward and do something else with these new incarnations, or I don't know what they could do. They could do a lot of things. There, um, there was there. There's been a lot of rumor mill talk about like a new mutants movie, or well, there is a new mutants movie is, is in confirmed fact, that's being developed. Yeah. It's the casting that keeps changing about yeah, not right. being 100 percent confirmed. Deadpool sequel is not even a question at this point. Yeah. So the X Men universe as a film is not going to go away, but like in threes, if you want to do that trilogy thing, which a lot of is the case, uh, this is sort of the end of the first class trilogy but with a transition possibly for the next iteration. Yeah, the next generation sort of. I mean, what? Even Hugh Jackman's got one movie left. Well, and that's true, and they, they may or may not have set that up in the end credits thing. So so who's seen X-Men Apocalypse? Uh, Oral's seen it. Uh, Jerry didn't see it. You saw it, Eric, with us. Jeff didn't see it. BJ saw it. I saw it. No so- risk of spoilers. Go ahead. Spoil away. You know I don't care about that kind of thing. Yeah. So I didn't hate it. I mean, it's not a bad movie. It, it's not a great movie. It has problems, but don't we? All? It was it was kind of borderline borderline messy. I don't know. It was uh, it 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 lacked uh, it lacked something that the previous two had, and I I didn't notice it when I watched it because there was enough action to kind of drown out what it was missing. So I enjoyed it, but I don't know. It felt different, very different. See, I don't know. I thought the first movie was a slight bit overrated compared to X Men Three. It was fan fucking tastic. Well, but I even think First Class was kind of fast and loose. And I agree completely. Yeah, the entire X Men cinematic universe is out of whack. Yes, this movie was missing the mutant allegory for people who are different. It's the one. It's one of, if not the only X Men movie out of the six. I won't count Origins, I won't count Wolverine, any of those. Out of the six X-Men movies, 
with X-Men at the title, it didn't have the allegory for mutants as LGBTs, for outsiders, for people who were different. This was just a straight up disaster movie with the X-Men involved. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the only part that would have touched on it at all was the cage match that yeah. they were doing between mutants. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. kind of. But I mean, yeah, it's like, and Pat, I never, I don't even think we even talked about that. That's, I've never, you're right, all the other ones beat that horse to death. Because that's what the X-Men are about. The right. X-Men are just that allegory for outsiders right. and people who are different. This time around, yeah, they, they, except for when they go into space. Well, <laughs> Uh, then yeah, they're the, about then they're about fighting the brood and the shio. Yeah, you know, it gets a little spot sci-fi. But no, the the Magneto thing to a small amount. But the, it wasn't so much that he was different or weird, it's that he was Magneto. this criminal. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Um yeah, or I mean kind of both, but it they've always had they've always had this long running piece to it that this is this whole thing and he was a mutant criminal. So once yeah. they realized who it was, then they went after him, and it was, um, it was interesting. I I feel like they were. I, I listened to Pop Culture Happy Hour's take on the movie, which I was sad that Glenn Weldon was not in for that episode. What? Oh. Yeah, it was Chris Klimek, um, Stephen Thompson, Linda Holmes, and. Um, Gene Zemby, I think. No, no, no. It was another guy. Um, I forget. I forget his name. Uh, but they talked about the movie, and I, I really wish that I would have had Glenn's take on it. But uh, maybe I'll do a a small batch edition where, or or, or maybe he'll come on our show. I was going to say, can we it. just? Can we just? Can, I mean, he's taking us to breakfast. Can we just right. reach out to him and say, hey? Why don't you come on and do your review of... <laughs> Tell us what you liked and didn't like about and, it. And by the way, if you haven't read Glenn Weldon's new book about Batman... The Caped Crusader. I think it's The Caped Crusade. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Caped Crusade. But you thank you, because that's... that's. So we interviewed him years ago. Not years. Year-ish. Two years ago. Two years ago. And Glenn Weldon's a great, great sci-fi geek. One of us. And, and, and a bear. And he uh, he did that Superman, the unauthorized biography of Superman, and it was fantastic. And I'm very excited about this book. I haven't read it yet. Uh, I want to see if he's doing a book on tape, but that'd be amazing. Because um, his voice is awesome. I'm sorry, what did you call it? Listen, it's always a book on tape, even though it's an MP3. <laughs> this is where I'm from. This is my roots, my generation. I can't help it. You guys Wait. said you wouldn't fight. It's a book on fighting. real like, to real. Scotch tape or duct tape or what kind of tape are you talking about? Masking tape. Masking tape. Yeah, they actually just play it. It's on Betamax. It's like Lori Anderson. She has that tape. It's actually on wax v- cylinder. It's a vi- oh yes, eighteen hundreds. Nice. Good, good reference. Thank yeah, you. Just nice. say audiobook. I just can't. That so oral. Did, what did you think? One of them recorded my jiggers. I give it a C. Just a C. Um, it's not terrible. I think if they had focused on what Pat said, like telling a story about the outsiders banding together to save the world and themselves. Had they decided that, you know, when you're in America, it looks like the 80s. But anytime you step, I don't know, into Canada or Egypt, meh, today, tomorrow, 20 years from now, it all looks the same. Um, the horsemen didn't do anything. No, they didn't. They did jack shit. That's not all. Caliban. No, it's nope. not. And 
Um, I will just listen. I really in, still don't have it in me. And, and pretend that I'm that. really mad about how they took away Storm's innate strength and sense of self, and just gave her an overdose on M. Or yeah, like it's just, growth hormone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was just weird that like, and, and I don't like that, that Mag, or that uh, Apocalypse gave her her powers or enhanced her powers That's and turned her hair white. No, that is not Storm's origin. Because well, apparently people can't have white hair. The funny, exactly. part, the funny part about well, I um, that I read online was uh, there were a few reviews that were saying that basically for like two thirds of the movie, Apocalypse just runs around giving people makeovers. Oh, he's like <laughs> that's the really like for the straight guy. Yes, that's all. That's well, all he did for a while. Can I just say Oscar Isaac um, wasted in this role? Yes, but still, he's got some charisma. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what it is about him, but Poe Dameron, he's attractive. Yeah, he's from West. He, he did a stint in West Palm, right? No shit. Like uh, I forget what high school he went to, but yeah, he graduated from a high school in West Palm. That is, if I ever yeah. have the chance to talk to him. That is a great vector. That's an icebreaker right there. Oh, my God. So, West Palm, huh? You have your in. We were at the Kings. It's great. So, what about Jean Grey? Because I know that's very important. Oh, you mean that weird girl who sits under a tree and she's got a, a power <laughs> inside her? That's totally Like a fire? That's yeah. Jean Grey, though. Come on. Oh, yeah. She has been worthless. Yeah. <laughs> oh. To be fair. Wow. Yeah. To, to be wow. fair. She was Ouch. 90s. She was 90s. Jean she Grey. Was, this is pacifist oral in action right now. Passivist, aggressivist. This is this is X Men the animated series. Jean Grey. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh god. No, oh, no it's I'm not. trying to, but uh, I'm so scared. Uh. Oh, Logan. Oh. Okay. Is, can we? Oh. It is totally not '90s. '90s animated series. Jean Grey. This one did even less. <laughs> That's true. That she, didn't true. Even, she didn't even do something and then pass out. Like she just was kind of there and reading Scott's mind and then having dreams about about things happening. And before we got distracted on Glenn Walden, the whole the whole point of that that tangent and obviously on a daily today, my brain's in like twenty five different places. Um, one of the things that they pointed out: if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
was that for the end of a trilogy, this movie acted a lot like the first movie in a trilogy. Yes. It yes. built up because it did so much like um, world building with Scott and Jean. Uh huh. Not even Jubilee, because I mean she was there, but most of her stuff got cut out. Um, Tragic. No fireworks. There were no, there were no. <laughs> so bitter about that, by the way. <laughs> and there weren't going to be fireworks in this movie. There were going to be the plasmoid blasts that they're supposed to be, not the '90s cartoon powers that we've grown to love. Though. So bitter. <laughs> I'm blinding the sentinel in the eyes. The reason that she's now a vampire. Yes. Well, has she come maybe. back since Secret Wars? I don't, I don't think know. we've seen her X-Men or the baby and all that. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. That's based we off. We of didn't the... get any Taylor Swift Dazzler. Oh no. my god, that would have still been so amazing. They Broke cut, my heart. They what? cut the whole mall scene. That was going to be my question because they had this this kind of underlying news thing going into the premiere. Like, oh, is some famous pop star going to be playing a mutant in the movie? And I never heard anything after the movie came they out. Cut the whole thing. It's so sad. And the album cover didn't even didn't look like Taylor Swift, so it's not like that would have actually been the case. I did enjoy the in joke, and I, it, it kind of called into question. I was an I fanboy, and they said that in the movie they're like, "Well, you know, the third movie is always the worst." And yeah. then I'm like, "Oh, that's a dig on X Men Three. And then at the end, you're like, "Oh, maybe that was a dig on itself." <laughs> it was an unintentional dig on itself. Yeah. But in, it was intentional on X3, unintentional on Apocalypse. Also, um, it's also very true for a lot of different it, trilogies. It, it yeah, is, it is very true. Yeah, uh, Scott is the older brother, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. Uh, yes, yeah. that is very true. Because um, I always thought I was Scott. Uh huh. Oh, saying I know. What did Havoc? You, you didn't exactly. realize that connection when they did. First class. Oh, of course. And here's Havoc. Yeah. Well, no, like, no, wait, I knew it was Havoc. This, no, no, I know, but like this is in the 60s. How old is Scott going to be? Well, and then Havoc shows up in this movie, and it's 20 years later, and he looks like he's in his 20s. A little ragged, a little Vietnam vetty. Yeah. Yeah, but he still looked like he exactly. was mid-20s. Exactly, like, and Scott's still a teenager. He has to be, at that point, late 30s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, work. It doesn't, See, ladies no. and gentlemen, this is how I was always uh, relegated to being Luigi oh, in Mario geez. and Luigi. <laughs> because well, I was the second. younger brother, is he? I'm just always player number two. Yeah, oh. Luigi's the younger brother. In, is he? Always yeah. and taller. Ever. I'm pretty sure. Th- there you go. I'm pretty sure there's no actual like age timeline for the Mario brothers. Yeah, I was say, I don't, just saying. No, there is. Player two. That's Havoc it. might as well have been player two. <laughs> in the Except cartoon and the god-awful movie. Um, I am sad that they kind of killed him off screen somewhat. Right. I mean, they didn't. They showed him kind of getting blown up. But it was still like, really? You can just have him in the rubble somewhere? I don't know. Um, what about uh, Magneto? Wasted. I love Magneto. His, him and his family, that part of that the movie was, was good. very yeah. good, actually. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Heartbreaking. But, mm-hmm. I mean, otherwise, like, come on. Uh, Xavier? Eh, didn't really get a whole lot of great moments and... But that's Xavier. I mean, he's kind of a... I, I feel like the one thing I took away from this movie is that, oh, this is how Professor Xavier feels like it's okay to fund a underage militant group of superpower teenagers. Like, like he's like, okay, yeah, we kind of need this. Like, And that's kind of all I got from the movie was, all right, I'm a, I'm pro- I am now Professor Xavier... Everything was just a lead up to me looking sternly at them, st- looking at them sternly while the door closes, and I was like, oh, "Okay." Um, I did. I, I will say the end of it with the danger room and the outfits. I was, I was like, "All right, cool, that's good. I like that." Mystique, 
uh, is it Kristen Lawrence? Is that her name? Jennifer. 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 Sorry. I I I really still do like her a lot as Mystique. She's really taken that on and owned that it's role. It's just a weird way. Like I mean, I think she's a good Mystique, but the way they use Mystique in general, it, it's is not Mystique weird. from the comics. No. But I like that it could be her backstory, and then something bad happened, and she went just dark. Like, I'm done with all of you. Um, like, the Logan stuff, I could have totally done without merging that together that seemed just too pat too simple to just eh. they just haven't announced the alpha flight movie yet that's all well that's what we were saying we're like all right so he's ran off and that uh he ran into the into the the snowy woods and right into wendigo sasquatch wendigo puck yeah vindicator i mean sometimes though i think that's my biggest problem with some of these movies where they're doing i guess this is not too commonplace but it's like it's almost like the screenwriters are just trying to be as clever as possible to say like, see how we wove all this shit back in? A wink Aren't we amazing? Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. no, you're not. It's, it's... I don't know of a better way you could have done it, but this didn't 100 percent work. Oh, so two more things. Uh, Nightcrawler, I think works. Adorable. It was cute and fun, and it was Nightcrawler. Do they do they actually try to hint that Mystique is no. actually no. Okay. No. not at all? Right. Which I was surprised by because with Adel, Adel, Adel Azrael and Mystique kind of making eyes, like that's where they like, lost me. I was me. like, all right. Um, and then um, what do we feel about how do we feel about Quicksilver's um, second iconic uh, movie uh, moment? It was Days okay. of Future Just Past way redo. too long. It was long. How awesome was the it, French Bulldog? It was adorable. Pizza? Yes. I mean, I knew it was coming. Someone told, so I think, I don't forget what I was listening to or talk, or reading about. But yeah, that moment, I was like, oh, it's coming. It's going to happen. And then it did. It was amazing. There's an 80s song and Quicksilver doing fun stuff. Which, I'm, I'm, you know what? Here's the thing. Quicksilver, kind of a dick in the comics. This version, still a dick, but fun. He's a fun dick, yeah. I think. Aren't they all? As dicks should be. Aren't they all? Exactly. No, I agree. Uh, I mean, my, mine is basically a pinata. <laughs> you just beat the hell out of it. I don't understand that, and I don't. And you get a baby. No anymore. Okay. A baby. Mel and I should people have hit it talk. with sticks and candy falls out of it. That's kind of yes. Oh, let's go. Let's with get that. Sandy. Sandy or Sandy. <laughs> Sandy. Sandy. I also hang it from a tree. Penises. Whenever they get okay. Never mind. Wow. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts on X Men before we move on? Yes, I wish they would just erase the entire thing, have Marvel come in and oversee the storyline and restart it. I was going to say, is, Marvel is, direction is that like the new hopeful thing? Is that they kind of fall aside with the New Mutants thing and it just kind of sits dormant for enough time, and then right before it's about to expire, Marvel swoops in and makes a deal with Fox, like they Sony. Just made the damn deal now. Yeah. Just, well, I don't, I don't need it to be part of the Avengers. I don't need it to be part of the MCU. That's just way too many fucking characters to try to incorporate into it. You can make that deal with Sony and bring in Spider-Man. Awesome, one character. They have a lot of people, but still, you can deal with one character and make it work. Um, I mean, if anything, though, like their universal deal is kind of indicative of what may or may not happen with Spider-Man because they had a great deal set up for Hulk for that one movie. But now ever since they're like, no, we can't do any more Hulk movies uh, because Universal won't let us. So sorry, guys. We'll have to just throw him in as a side character in Thor. Which sounds like it's going to be more than a side character. Well, yeah, but that's they can't have him have his own movie because it's still Universal. Yeah. Uh, So uh, let's talk television. There's not a lot to talk about because stuff's over. Some stuff's beginning. Well, some stuff is beginning. I want to talk about Preacher. Oh, yes. I've only seen the first episode. Is, all, is that all that's out? No, second one came out yeah, last week. Oh, I haven't seen the third second one. Third one airs tonight. Oh, Jesus. I'm a week behind. Yep. Um, 
So yeah, Preacher. So good. I, I like it. read the first trade way back, like really long time ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it, to be quite honest. I thought it was awful. Garth and Ennis, I hate saying this. Garth Ennis is an acquired taste. It, it really <laughs> is. And I feel really bad because so many people say, uh, you're wrong. It's amazing. You should give it a chance. So I feel like this is my vector into better appreciating it. And then maybe then I will go out and give it another chance. So the first episode aired, it was sort of a prequel to the trade. This or, whole season first... is a prequel to where really? it starts in the comic book. Oh, okay. I did yeah. not know that. First comic book is he already had his powers. Right. Some shit already went down. He and Cassidy and, uh, what can I remember? Tulip already know each other. They're, oh. You know, things of, and they kind of flash back to pieces of what so might have gone wrong. they're just showing those pieces. Yeah, they're building, they're building the world. Okay. And so the second episode is more of that? I was impressed with the second episode because there's a major character that they introduced decently early on into the comic book that I didn't think they would touch on for a while. And they show uh, the guy's backstory at the beginning of the second episode. Like, wow, they're seeding this early. The saint of all killers. It wasn't ass face? No, arse face. face. Which they don't call him that. They call him fuck face. Do they? Either ass face or fuck face in the comic book. I was like, kind of like wondering how they were going to do that, and they showed a picture of it. I was like, all right. It's not as grotesque as the comic, but it's, it's ours face. And they also give him subtitles whenever he talks, which is kind of funny. I that. <laughs> um, Tulip's amazing. Yes. I, I really like that casting. And the whole thing she did with the kids, building the bazooka and all that, mm. just frenetic. Uh, Cassidy? Are they going to oh. put her in a flower dress? Just to tie it back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. Uh, uh, Cassidy? This is definitely amazing. not that character. Oh, uh, Joseph Gilgan. Who's that? The Cassidy. actor? Uh, you ever watched the BBC show, BBC or Sky? Oh, uh, he was Misfits. on, yeah. It was oh, yeah. I. It was I? It was I. He replaced I, I uh, the guy, like the main focus of like, he's like the crass, uh, inappropriate character on Misfits, but he uh-huh. left after like the second season. Uh, no, 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 no. The guy who replaces the guy who leaves is the one who's playing Cassidy now. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and like, so he had this, uh, and I love Misfits, I think. Like, you watched the beginning to end, yeah. too. And I never, after the, the main guy, the, the first guy left, like, they, there's no way they could get anybody to be as good. And he definitely hits a different note in Misfits, mm-hmm. but it's much more of kind of what he does in, in Preacher. He's just kind of got this very frenetic, very fast-paced, but he's also funny and inappropriate thing, which is perfect for Cassidy from the comic book. Yeah, I, I, from what I remember, it, it's like pitch perfect for the tone they're setting. The only thing I, I know, again, I was listening to iFanboy about this because they know, they know the trade. They, they love it, of course. Like, it's a road adventure. Like, a lot of the series is, like, they're out on the road. Right. So... Is this like you said? The first season could be the prequel, and then they go out because yes. that's part of the, I guess, charm of the show. Well, right. That's kind of what I think. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, like this was their baby for years and years of trying to get the TV show done, or like a movie originally, and then it went to stars and it just floated around for so long. But they said you kind of have to do this because you have to build it up. Like the comic book hits the ground running, but you can do crazier shit in the comic book than you can in a TV show. Yeah. So they have to take their time and not just throw you in because. Like you said, you read the trade and you weren't crazy about it. The show or the the, the comic book itself gets more nuts as it goes. Yeah. It just it nails the landing at the yeah. end of it where it's like 
you read the final page of the final book, and it's like, God, that was a good. So what I'm worried story. about is that it's not going to make it that far. I don't know how it's doing in the ratings, but it is kind of an odd sell. Oh yeah. So I I I love the casting. I like the creators. I like the tone. I'm I'm in, but I am worried that they're planning and sort of the way they're executing may not give them the chance to finish it. I mean, we live in a world of, and I say this with a very large chip on my shoulder because of what happened with Hannibal, yeah. but we live in a world where Netflix and yeah. other networks can swoop in if they really feel value in the show and right. steal it. Like, I think Nashville just got picked up by CMT. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's great. So it's going to keep going. Uh, so there, there's other avenues in case the original uh, distribution model falls apart. But AMC, as we've seen with shows like Halt and Catch Fire, they're patient. They're going to let it play out. But there are those that they're not patient with, like uh, Rubicon, which was oh. a decent show, but it yeah. was all about espionage right. and like the, the CIA or the NSA. Mm. And it was a really good show, but that one season was like, yeah, no, we're not going to continue this. Yeah. So it just depends on what they find, I guess, potential in it. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually, well, speaking of swooping in and, and everything, picking stuff up and putting down... Um, I've got a list of so I've got a list of everything that's confirmed canceled that we probably care or very loosely care about. And I've got a list of returning series and upcoming series. Spoiler alert, upcoming series is like the return of the early 90s or late 80s. Um, so we've all heard that Supergirl has been picked up for a second season, but the second season is being aired on the CW. Yes, With and actually, that's. Say that's a good fit. <laughs> it it it's honestly it's a perfect fit because their highest rated episode was the crossover with the Flash. That's because Grant Gustin actually is likable. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> what? Have I not talked about the fact that I hate watching? Oh yeah. I feel compelled to continue watching it because I I tend to be a completionist. I actually didn't even complete Arrow this season. Oh what? It, <laughs> it, let's talk about that for a second. That's actually next on the list. Is the arrow also got renewed? Um, Everything on CW got renewed. You mean Daredevil? Uh, with the let's, exception of rain. <laughs> let's let's talk about the fact that the uh, and I just realized that my mic was off when I was talking about the fact that I hate watch um, Supergirl. Supergirl and that maybe by moving to the CW it'll actually be uh, worth watching. Um, let's talk about the fact that the Arrow season four finale angered so many people that the subreddit, the Arrow subreddit. Turned into a Daredevil subreddit. They changed the graphic. The entire conversation switched to Daredevil. People started binge-watching Daredevil on Netflix. And the entire subreddit completely shifted away from Arrow. And even when it didn't, it was that they were still complaining about how bad Arrow was in comparison to Daredevil. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I said, I did not finish the season, so I don't want to go too far off a tangent. But what was the main complaint of the finale? Oh, I don't know. Because I, I complained. Watch Arrow. Okay, because I had complaints about the whole about season. Yeah, the the article I'm... didn't say anything specifically. It just said that the entire season and the culmination of the season with the season finale just it was drove just, people. Yeah, it, it it was super. Everything felt super weird and just uh, like every every time I watched an episode that was supposed to be like a big shocker or like a big story thing, I was just like, huh. All right. Well. You know what? Actually, you know what episode I liked the most for the wrong reasons was when they brought back John Constantine because I miss Constantine Amen. so much. Amen. That was a that was yep. okay. 
Like if he, if I can't, I can't remember the actor who plays him. It's like if if they could please just give that another fucking shot. That show was just starting to get its groove when it ended. Yeah. So uh, another CW show that I kind of overall liked is Legends of Tomorrow. Meh. Did you next had, on the list? Meh. It started strong and then went down quick. It, yeah, and it then kind of meh. I mean, it had it, it had, went meh. It had like the, at least meh. it had at least the enthusiasm behind it, kind of like it Flash, but meh. it wasn't as strong. Yeah, yes. it's like Flash, but not as strong. But I'm sorry, and not nearly as likable. I'm. It's got. I, they had to pick. Actually, no. The one likable character they had, they killed. Yes. What do you mean, one eh. likable? Captain Victor, Cold. Well, oh, at the very oh, end, but did they eh. really kill him? Come on, he's coming back. My Cold Victor baby. Well, Garber. He's not a he's not a cast regular. No, he's not. But he's going to be in. He signed an agreement to do a bunch of other. CW shows that are in this universe, so he's not going away. Right. Um, Victor Garber, I, can I just state for the record, is still a, an amazing actor. I loved him back when he did Alias, and he was Sidney's father. Oh yeah. Uh, Digging on the Gray Fox. I would. Yeah. Yeah. I would do that. Simply totally delicious. And see, I don't know that <laughs> at all, even though I I can imagine it. But anyway, uh, he was great. I actually think Firestorm is well realized more in, than in the comics. A lot of the comics in the show, um, the Hawks, yeah, they had their thing. Mm. The JSA element, I like the JSA. I'm a, a much bigger fan than I used to be. I mean, the so, last five seconds of the season finale, yeah, that right. element is it what got you're speaking me excited of. Excited for next season is what I'm saying. And you know, even Rip Hunter, Doctor who? who I thought was doc- exactly. <laughs> Doctor Doctor, Doctor Who with a with a sonic gun, exactly. A sonic I, revolver. I actually yep. grew to really enjoy uh, uh, Victor, uh, not Victor, what's his name? Arthur, uh, Arthur Darville, Darville. Who is, no, he's not on the wall. He's on my, my office. He's, a, he's on my wall. Uh, like physically? Because I could believe that. Uh-huh. I might have a small shrine. Oh, but. Of course you do. Uh, he is, an, he grew on me. I liked him a lot. So, But Captain Cold, of course, we all love him. Um, what other uh, shows? Um, so renew so renewing series I just I just made a list of things that sure. we we all kind of give a damn about or don't um the magicians um a little bit heavy handed on that finale I I it took me a solid 10 minutes you mean to process the time where we see the rape and the glowing cum or I the time finally, when Alice swallows a lot of glowing cum I both. finally watched it oral I'm gonna say both with the hands being cut off and yes. everything going to shit it's like huh with so the glowing cum the with the glowing cum cause yeah. Alice is probably fine because she swallowed a lot of cum she did she did <laughs> that was, all that blood right? all that Here's blood just got replaced by cum I will say about the show and we talked already a little bit and I need to read the books cause I didn't finish the first it is one of those shows that you go what the fuck is that? What what is going on? This is crazy. Apparently, last, it's glowing cum. That last episode, I didn't know it was glowing. Is it glowing? Was it a? It, is it, that a satyr? It made their eyes glow. Was it, it technically a satyr that provided okay, the glowing cum? cum? Yes, it's a God big cum. fat satyr. It's, it's supposed to be a ram. Oh, okay, it looked like a satyr. Ram satyr oh, God cum. I thought I thought you meant that it was the. Jewish dinner. Oh, yes. Oh. A Jewish dinner of glowing cum. Oh, my. I, I, thought you, I thought you said Seder. I am hopeful that the second <laughs> season finds a way to improve. Because, obviously... They on the glowing cum? On the glowing cum. Mm. My oh, takeaway so from much. the magicians is glowing That's cum. That's not how the books end, though? This is the second book the first book. Ends. <laughs> okay. Is there any part of that in the book? Kind of? Not the cum. Not the glowing <laughs> cum. Not the cum. <laughs> oh. I take that back. Oh. <laughs> Half cum... The other half was the glowingness. Ooh. So like hands get chopped off. 
Yes. Um, Julia gets raped. Yes. By the fox shapeshifter yes. guy. What does the thing. fox say? Um, <laughs> her joining the beast? No. Alice dying after swallowing a mason jar full of cum? No. She dies, but not not that way. In book one? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So I don't understand, because book three is supposed to be the Julia story, right? Book book two is the Julia story. Oh, okay. Okay, I misunderstood that. No. Um, no, they've, they've moved some things around. Um, but, yeah, like, at the end of the... Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, okay. At the end of the book, Alice is the one who saves the day, right. but she turns herself into a niffin to do it. Because um, remember that part where she's trying to figure out what happened to her brother? Yep. Um, and then they found out he turned himself into a niffin because if you channel too much energy, it overwhelms you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she does to to take down uh, the beast. Okay. And what about, um, oh, God, my favorite character. Penny? No. No. Elliot? Yes. Does not decide to sleep with women. That's the, because <laughs> that's not what happened. That was a yeah, bizarre right? twist. I was like, Got to um, do what I got to do. I'm the king of this land what? now. Yeah, right? What are you doing? That's not... It, but I figure that's like a, a swerve, and it, they'll come back from it or something. Anyway, uh, what else? Uh, the Expanse. I liked. Well, that we knew back. that was renewed. We talked yeah. about that. That's a great show. Um, my personal favorite train wreck extravaganza, which is what it became at the end of season two, Gotham. Oh. Became? It, it, it was already a train wreck, and I'm thinking like, okay, it can't get any weirder or any odder. Oh, no, wait, no, we're resurrecting um, characters. So and... the bar was on the floor. It couldn't The bar couldn't get any lower. Please yeah, explain it to me what Jim Gordon did that made one of my comic book bear uh, people talk about and say was inspired by recent comics. Did he put on the bat bunny suit? No, no, he, um, no, that one, I, I don't. Nobody's so, talking about that. Was there something happened that was very? There was something that happened that was very. But they they introduced the character Asriel. Well, I knew about that. And it was, but he had a very Batman esque sort of attack uh, fight with the cops, okay. where the cops couldn't see him. Bruce Wayne was there. You know, this might be the inspiration oh, for how oh. he fights. Yep, yep. There, so so that was like probably the one good scene of the entire season, and then the rest, and then and then BD Wong as Hugo Strange. BD Wong as Hugo Strange was actually really good. Yeah. The only problem is the writing for BD Wong as Hugo Strange. Um, screw that. The only good part about any any of those characters involved was what Pennyworth. What was her name? Oh, Miss. Um, well, yeah, I think Miss Pennyworth, the yes. um, his assistant. She was. Who is she? I don't. I feel like she is somebody in something I've watched. I I don't she, I don't recognize her, but she was she was. What she, the the source of uh, the Riddler's crush? No no the, no, uh, no 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 no. Um, uh, Hugo Strange had an assist assistant in. Um, she was a sassy black woman. Yeah, she was sassy black woman was uh, was on like hit all the right notes, but like. And then and then they're trying to figure out how to stop this bomb, and she comes through and she's like, water, and they're like. Oh, okay. And they go run and get water and throw it on the like throw it on the bomb controls. Yeah, thermonuclear device. They pour and water in they it. They throw and water on it, it out, and, and it stops from you know from nuking Gotham. And then she looks at them and goes, "I need water." Yeah. And they were like, "Oh, yeah." And I then it cuts the scene. <laughs> I still don't get how the head of this show is the same guy who did Rome. I know, yeah. right? I just it just seems Rome so was ha- Rome was its own version of crazy, but at least it was a good crazy. 
Um, well, this is just. But yeah, this is Peabody. And it, what and did, it, what do, wait, can someone tell me what Michelle Gomez played? Who did she? She play? was the head of the um, the League of Assassins. Yes. What? Yep. Or was I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was the League of Assassins. She yeah. was like a head of an assassin. It's guild the closest you're going to get to. What was she? Yeah. Ar- Arrowhead. Arrow has dibs on it. We can't use it here. Too. Exactly. What, what? Like was she funny? Was she? She was. All right. Because I'll tell she you right she now. Had two episodes. Megacon. Um, this is just an aside. Pat and I went and met her and got a picture taken with her. She and we watched her in line for we were in line for Barrowman and we saw her interacting with a Dalek. That bitch is so funny and oh, yeah. so I I as much as Missy was my spirit animal and this is not a new thing, like she is forever emblazoned in my heart as an amazing comedic actress and as just us. Oh, I love her to death. So I will watch this just for her. <laughs> but if she's not funny, I'm gonna be sad. So. No, um, and so all right. So moving on from that nonsense. Well, um, and it's Ethel Peabody. Ethel Peabody, and it's she's played by Tanya Pinkins, who I'm gonna show my my super gay card right now. She uh, was on All My Children, and that's oh. where I know her from. Whoa. She was Livia Fry on All My Children. So if there's any homosexuals out there or any women who um, watched All My Children back in its heyday in the late '90s. Um, she was Livia Fry, and she was she was sassy back then, and she is even sassier during this in, on Gotham. And it was probably the one thing that saved it for me, as I hate watch that as well. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> I Gotham I couldn't stand. Supergirl, I was like, why am I still watching this? And it's because I'm a goddamn completionist, and mm-hmm. I would have just felt like I was missing out on some. There's a there's some serious FOMO of bad TV, so I watched it all. <laughs> So what else? All right, I'm just gonna kind of shotgun these real quick, sure. and we can talk to, talk about them. Uh, Scream Queens, um, Once Upon a Time, Supernatural, mm-hmm. I Zombie, mm-hmm. Lucifer, and mm-hmm. for some reason Sleepy Hollow, which I ducked out. Wait, of wait, are these the renewed shows? These renewed. are renewed. How is Supernatural still going? Because how is Sleepy Hollow Supernatural's got something to prove now. They're already the longest running. Uh, CW? No, sure. hour long drama. Yeah. Like oh, they beat, wow. I forgot what the, the previous holder was, but now they're of past it. They're all like, all the shows. And it is so, it, it peaked uh, season five. It's just kept yeah. going since then because they found can. a dead horse and they're just beating it. Yeah. Well, and it <laughs> still pulls ratings. Year and CW, year. they want, it's been moved like to every night of the week since its, yep. since its inception and it always pulls the same ratings. They were yeah. like, who hasn't seen Dean Shirtless? Maybe this night we'll pull some extra ratings in. And trust me, I have, I am married too, and I've known lots of people that are big Jensen Ackles fans. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, and he could be shirtless every Jared day. Jared Padalecki fans. At some point. Mm, I don't Jared. know who these people are. Sam and Dean Winchester. I don't. The I don't, leads I don't, of the show. I don't show. even know. Wait, which one's the shorter hair? That's one? Jensen Ackles. Okay. That's he's, the one. he's got the bigger fan base. That's the one who I, who I don't mind seeing shirtless all the <laughs> yeah. time. So. And, and um, you missed Bones on there. Oh well, for no. I just twelfth and final season. Jesus Christ! It means it matters to me. Put a there's stake a in the heart of that show. And this point, true I bones just, is his I just watch renewed. It, I watch it so that way I can get through the end of season twelve and say I've seen it all. That show. <laughs> Your completionist nature will be the death of you. It so. will be. As you well should, as you should the, see how I go through Hulu and Netflix shows. Who is the Deschanel on that show? What's her oh, name? Oh, uh, not Zoe. She is Emily not Deschanel. improved as an actor. Emily. No. She is not improved. At all. There's she nothing just... to improve. That's the character that she is. But she... that is... I dare say Nathan Fillion's gotten worse as an actor since being on Castle. Well. Oh. And that's 
Emily, that, that brings us that brings us to our cancellation Good transition. Thank you. And hold, um, on, hold on, before we get to cancellations, Emily Deschanel, there is no there is no growth in Bones. No, I mean she's a horrible actress. But that that's the character she's playing. She she's probably that exact person. Is she very different from that person? I just like no, but the, if you if you're talking about yeah, she's actually being a sassy bones, black woman. Amazing oh. acting. But actually, I'll take that back. The 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 character of Bones is meant to almost be that kind of like borderline autistic. That yeah, autistic totally. like I just uh, there. That's just how Bones is. All the other characters develop around her. Yeah, Bor- Borowitz or not Borowitz, Boreanaz. He's had like a gambling addiction. He's had that's been part of his, fucking like so many character. bizarre arcs. He was a vampire that He's ran a, a law firm. He lost oh, his yeah. soul. He got his soul back. He lost it again. Oh my god, he's been all over the place. He ran a law firm on half the budget. Exactly. <laughs> he was the king all of new hell. Sense. He had a giant. Fi- oh, that's not that's helpful. Anyway, Um, cancellations. So we got Castle is been officially canceled. Thank God, Nathan Fillion, go do something that we'll all enjoy, like Um, being Wonder Man. Exactly. Yeah, being Wonder Man. Maybe, Um, maybe if you're going to be in a Marvel movie, pass by a gym before you go, just to lose that TV show weight. He bulked up. Wow. Shut up. Firefly he can take, days. He got a little he puffy. take his clothes off fine. and be in yeah. front of me. He looks fine to us. A little doughy. Have you seen him sitting down? He looks fine. Oh. Do, do you oh, not know the parts. type of guys that we go for? Pudgy Philly in I don't like to see him go, but I like to watch him walk away, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't. Please explain. <laughs> I mean, we oh, want to see butts. his ass cheeks. Fill it out. All about the butt, sir. Can we tweet at Nathan Fillion and refer him to this? Sure. Um, He'll even admit he put on a few pounds from being on a TV show. Shit, if you saw my pictures from my pictures from Gay Days, not the ones I posted for Parliament House, I, I went around and there were at least two guys that I I went up behind and just took a selfie with our ass. <laughs> oh, you were that guy getting like the butt cheeks? Only yours was like, this is a good butt cheek. This isn't just because I see ass crack. And I was like, I was like, hey, porn star ass. This is what happens when I leave. <laughs> yeah, um, this is what happens during Gay Days. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Gallivant has officially been canceled. Although I thought that was supposed to be a one season thing. Did it end? The Lord. I, don't, I didn't see the end of it, so I don't know how yeah. it ended. Um, uh-uh. Moving on with other things, I thought was just supposed to be one season. Heroes Reborn. Good. Ugh. Yeah, Dead. not really. I heard, I heard some bad stuff about that one. Um, we've got Agent Carter. Oh, actually makes me kind of sad. Um, and then we got the Muppets. That is a fucking atrocity. That that the, how the, the show was handled ha- handled was an atrocity. Yes, that too. But the, that show was actually getting better. The, they needed to give it a little more time. And the theory is the whole Shanghai Disney thing. Yep. <clears throat> big <clears throat> executive shakeup caused cost a lot of shows on that network. So yeah, they they I think they had a pilot filmed for. Um, that other Mar- that other Agents of Shield spinoff. Um, oh, they did. Marvel Most wanted, wanted, and yeah. they were like, mm, they "Nah, that, let's not that. do that." They, so uh, they went on a canceling. Muppets binge. are uh, they'll live again in probably a hope, well, hopefully better form. The, the worry that I talked to Cat from Nerdy Show about this a lot on our drive up to Moog Fest, and oh my god, the big worry is that they're going to go. Well, the Muppets' adult theme didn't really work. Let's make them more kitty friendly again. And that's that's not the Muppets. The Muppets should Muppet be... Babies 2.0. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that actually. No. You know, I'd actually be a fan uh, of that. I love that shit. No. A Skeeter and Scooter. You grew up with the real Nanny Muppets. They're gonna be, they're I did. Gonna be CG. Her, her but I also grew stockings. up with the Muppet Babies. I did too, and I'm sorry as much as we liked it because it was the Muppets. The Muppets are Jim Henson's whole thing was a sort of thing that would uh, speak to the adults. <laughs> 
and will be entertaining for kids. And that's what the show, I think, did okay with. But uh. um, There was nothing wrong with the Muppet Babies. Nothing Calm wrong at all. Yeah. That's Calm a good the damn show. Down. They'll make the dreams fight. come true. <laughs> I guarantee it doesn't hold up well, kind of like DuckTales, but it was still good at the time. <laughs> but you know what does hold up well and is on Netflix that was just like surprisingly dropped on Netflix? Animaniacs. Oh, hell yes. Yep. I was, that was the day it nowhere. showed up. Bam, I put that on. You very well holds up. Okay. Anything else that's being canceled? Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> no, no more tangents? Um, we've got uh, Minority Report. I got that canceled earlier. I'm pretty like, much sure we. we after episode three, that was the. Last year. Yeah, it's gone. Um, best time ever with Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, was I don't even remember watching that. was like two episodes. Yeah. That was a variety show. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and then just because it's been on for forever and a day, American Idol is finally dead, yeah, gone forever. Um, Who would have thought the voice would have won that fight? Right? Um, the, if the voice goes 15 years, not like two seasons in a, in a year where they just keep saying it's a season. Because the voice is doing the whole Food Network seasoning, like season yeah. numbering, multiple oh, seasons, yeah. where they're like, in a oh, season. it's one year, but we got like at least two seasons going. So now we're on season two hundred and twelve, and we got like backup judges. For three years, we it's got like judges, we got backups for backups. The same thing. Yeah. All right, yeah. and now we've got upcoming series. Uh, there's a Lethal Weapon series coming to Fox. That's finally made it. Wow. A Exorcist, the Exorcist series coming to Fox. Yeah. Um, Maybe they'll play Tubular Bells. <laughs> they have Very a MacGyver nice. series coming out. That's ridiculous. That I don't. I'd rather see a MacGruder series than a MacGyver. Series. Everything old is new again. Seriously. Um, a, t- a series called Timeless, which is kind oh of based, yeah, that yeah. looks good. That's like a time travel thing. I'm actually interested in that one. Um, they have a series coming out called Emerald City. I think this is just kind of the core, the the leftover bits of this whole fantasy TV series. Are you thing. serious? They're doing an they're doing City. a hardcore. Wizard of Oz sort of Emerald TV City series. was supposed to come out like last year and yes. it didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They pushed it back oh, based wow. on the Land of Oz books. That's right. And uh Was anybody good attached to that? I don't remember. I don't even know. Yeah. Um they've got a series called Powerless coming out. I think that that's actually got Glink Greenlit. That's the DC Universe tie-in that's, series. That's the DC series about an insurance company that covers all of the superhero and supervillain damage. I mean, I will, I'll check it out. Um, and then they have another series coming out called Midnight, Tex- uh, Midnight Texas, which is the same author from the original True Blood book series. Oh, really? Oh, Suzanne uh, Harris. Charlene Harris. Charlene Harris. Harris. It's a Charlene Harris book series about pretty much a a town full of supernatural creatures in Midnight, Texas. Interesting. So, and I think NBC picked that up. So that is what we have to look forward to. Can I I just say that you left out that there's um, a new series on ABC, Uncle Buck? There's an Uncle What? What? I didn't know that got greenlit. Starring John. uh, Starring John Candy. No. No. (laughs) It's. Really? Too soon. He's so? been dead for how many years now? Yeah. Too soon. Early nineties? It's blackish Uncle Buck. Yeah, it's a oh. it's a black led um mm. Uncle Buck. Really? Um but then in addition to that, we also had renewals for Fresh Off the Boat, which was the first Asian American family yep. sitcom yes. in, took place 20 in Orlando. Years that is based off of that, Yeah, based okay. off of the uh, the family from uh, nineteen ninety five in Orlando. Um Dr. Ken, the Ken, yeah, Ken, that John, Ken John. I, yeah, I don't understand that how that's did. it. And um, I believe Superstore, uh, the real O'Neills, yeah, that got got, yes. re- got renewed as well. Where there was some, there was there was, it was on the fence for that one, 
Um, so we have, you know, some minority led comedies. Blackish is going into well, its third season. Yeah, well, Blackish at this point, I don't think, was in any any danger of of being. That's been steady in its ratings. Same thing with uh, Goldberg's and Modern Family and all those. Like mm-hmm. those are kind of those are safe bets for right now until they actually they go ahead and get rid of them. But to have um, <laughs> for the fact that as Margaret Cho jokes that or you know that it after she had the first ever Asian American family sitcom that it took an entire generation to grow up and be done to then have another Asian American family star in a show. And it's pretty fantastic if you haven't seen it. It's cute. It, it's, I like it. it's, it's got its moments where I'm just kind of like, all right, it's a little much, but it's, it's overall, it's a cute show. Um, and then you have, you know, you have your blackish, you have uh, this new uncle buck series. So it's, it's nice to see that, uh, that there is minority led and minority driven, Shows that are still that are succeeding right now. I'm not still a huge fan of the Real O'Neills. I like it. It's funny. It's, it's cute. I'm. I'm. Eh. It's not the best thing ever, but it's definitely a cute. Martha eh. Plimpton is great. Yeah, that's fine. But I'll go and watch some Raising Hope reruns. I think she was funnier <laughs> on that. That's yeah. <laughs> Although I will say, in both of those shows, her husband is rather attractive. Yes. Whoa, really? Mm. Raising Hope? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, you didn't think, uh, what's his name from uh, Deadwood? Deadwood? No. Garrett, Garrett Dillahunt? Garrett Dillahunt. No. Oh, me. girl, that bitch took his shirt off on Raising Hope the first time, and I was like, damn! Oh, Lord. As a man with a beard, I, I can definitely agree. You. He I rocks a beard you. very well. I don't know your type. I didn't uh, even... And they identified <laughs> him as a bear <laughs> on The Real O'Neills. Yes. Yes, All that's right. it. Speaking of I'm waiting for him to take his boat. shirt off. Speaking of fresh off the boat. Has anyone else watched Vineland, Viceland, the network? So, do you watch Oral? So, I am just getting into this whole thing. We watched a show called Balls Deep. It was all about Provincetown and Bear Week. <laughs> that episode of Balls Deep, was, right? That episode. Yeah. That episode. No, I've I've watched a couple episodes of Balls Deep. Has anyone watched Eddie Huang's show called Huang World? No, yeah. Huang's World. So, this is the guy who wrote the book Fresh Off the Boat. I did He's the guy him. that lived it. He lived here in Orlando. <laughs> yeah. He uh, also went to Rollins. Yes. Yep. I did you also know had him? Class with him. Was he kind of a? No, like he's he's very he's a very astute writer. Like he knows what he's doing. Okay, he's 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 a cool person. He comes off interesting, and I want to bring this up for two reasons. One, um, the show is fantastic. Like it is what Anthony Bourdain originally started doing with his travelogues, mm-hmm. and it's that, but fresher, more. Not well. I mean. He... Bourdain's been doing it for years. You're right. gonna start seeing the same jokes kind of reappear, yeah. the same mannerisms. And, and but it's, is this show fresher off the yeah. boat? Well, they used to call it fresh nah. off the boat until nah. the sitcom came out. Nah. And now they call it Huang's World because they don't want to they want to differentiate it. But he did an episode where he came back to Orlando. He lives in New York, I believe. He has a um, a restaurant called Bauhaus. Okay, um, which I really want to go to when we go back to New York. By the way, um, and because I love Bao. And you he, go there, I'll go to the Crocodile Lounge where I can buy a drink and get a pizza. <laughs> Every drink you buy, you get a pizza, a personal pizza. So you go up and order a beer, they hand you a pizza. Address. I, I think Anthony Bourdain visited that one. Probably. He went to two places in Orlando that I was fascinated by. One, we actually, Pat and I, after I came back from Rhode Island last week, we stopped at, or well, I went out and went into, called Matt Latin's Barbecue. Okay. Uh, Matt's Latin Barbecue. And they have a fungo and they have... Pernil, they have 
Cuajo, and they have all these different. I just want you to say Spanish words. <laughs> Is that excited? It's just so it shows how white you are. <laughs> and that was one thing I was got complimented on was my ability to say Spanish words. In I Spanish don't think class. I butchered them. They had perneal. They had perneals <laughs> and mofungos. Mofungo. Mofungo is fine. Mofungo doesn't like doesn't I said have a Cuajo, huge. not Cuajo. Cuajo. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I just I, love, I just love perneal. I tried the food. Perneal. I got Pat, who has Puerto Rican blood in him, to try some of it. Well, you actually you didn't eat the cookie yet. I still have another cookie. Uh-huh. The, the coconut cookie. The coconut, <laughs> the coconut cookie candy. That I thought was mm. exciting. But um, the other thing he went to is, have you guys heard of the um, sausage castle? This is a place in Orlando. What? That's where Eric hangs out on the weekends. Well, <laughs> sausage castle. Sausage castle. So that's just his apartment. He just calls it Club Orlando. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was the Facebook check-in name for your house. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. It so, isn't, but it might be after today. <laughs> so let me just talk about the sausage castle for a second. Sure. And if you go look up this show on Viceland, you'll find it. There's not that many episodes. Love sausage. It is a redneck Playboy mansion. But with various and sundry races and ethnicities and, and walks of life, and it's, it's bizarre. And I didn't even know about its existence. What? Is this ringing a bell? Yes, kind of. Okay. Is, Actually, is, I may have looked this up and like thought about going, but not telling anybody and acting shocked and well, surprised when people talk BJ, about it. BJ, of all the people <laughs> on this show, you would be the one I would, I would think might have seen her. Yeah. See, this is why I'm, I, I identify as a fat kid because I thought he was talking about a restaurant until he started describing it, and I was like, "Understandable." Huh. Oh yeah. yeah. So I was going to ask, do they actually have food? No. No. Oh. Okay. Well, Maybe. yes, but so you have a different alias when you go there. Okay. No. Okay. But I will give Eddie Huang credit. This place is very exploitive in its use of the different people there. It's like a, like Playboy Mansion. They have like women, all this stuff. The main guy there said something to the effect of, oh, hey, bitch, talk Asian about this crazy thing that's happening over here on camera. It's part of this documentary series. And Eddie Huang had already been kind of like shown to be a little off put. But by that point, he was out. And they had a little confrontation about everything. And Eddie called him on his shit and said, dude, this is exploitive and bullshit. And I don't know why that you're doing this, but this is a problem. And, like, I thought it was very authentic. I don't know if it actually was because it's documentary. Who knows how they edited it together. All that stuff's being said. Uh, it was really, really compelling. And I, I Viceland is becoming one of those networks I had never heard of. I had heard of Vice in passing. But it's a fascinating outlook. Gloria Steinem has a show every, like, Tuesday night. Um, what is it? Gaycation was on Vice? Was it? Yeah. 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 Ellen Page's That's Gaycation. Right. Yes, yeah, yes, Gaycation. Yes, yes. I, I, watch I watched a couple episodes. Like, it's pretty good. This, if you like documentaries, and I don't mean, like, Frontline's kind of maybe kind of close to this, but, like, even more in the trenches in all over the world, Viceland is your friend. You want to watch this thing. On the channel, I watched it on, it was, like, History International, and Viceland took it over at night. But look it up and find it because oh my god, it's great. <laughs> and I really am fascinated by Eddie, uh, Eddie, Eddie Huang. So I want to, I want to learn more. And he did say, fresh off the boat, totally not his life. And I think that's not unexpected. It started out that whole Cattleman's Ranch, all that stuff, uh, which was on I Drive, evidently. Yes. Um, yep. Not the one in Sanford that we go no, to. No, that's Cattle Ranch. <laughs> we knew Cattleman's. We knew the original Cattleman's closed. I didn't realize that. But. 
Um, the the sitcom has gone off, you know, to its own thing. But check out A Huang, check out his Twitter, and check out Bauhaus if you're in New York City and let me know how it is. Yeah, he actually was just on uh, this YouTube channel I started watching. They have a show called Hot Ones. Uh-huh. It's uh, I think the channel is called <gasps> First We Feast. Yes, yeah. We, they had um uh, the Kim Peel on recently. They had Kim Peel. That was a fascinating show. Well, I didn't realize. So Eddie Wong went to school with Joy Fatone, and also DJ yeah. Khaled. Really? Yeah, they all went to school. They were all in classes together. I'm not shocked by that. So every time that one of those guys would show up, they're like, "Oh yeah, I knew this guy. He was cool." You know, uh, especially like DJ Khaled. Uh, Eddie Wong was like, "Yeah, no, this guy like." He was cool and all, but you know he's like this hard, he's a big rapper guy. His dad owned like a clothing store at the Florida Mall. Yeah, like he he comes from money. He's not like this you know guy oh. who came up from nothing. Eddie comes from money too. Yeah, they showed his like family's like fancy estate in Bay Hill or uh, one of those you know out there by Shack, and they actually had the Siegel, what's her name, who's building the, the Queen of Versailles in Orlando. They showed the whole building that they're building out there in the same episode. It's fascinating. So if you're a Orlando history person, Orlando interested, or just want to see cool documentaries, check this out. Two quick things before we move on. Uh, first, you know who also went to school with or high school with Joey Fatone? Yep. Eric Michaud. Eric Michaud. Yeah. Which then led to you know who also was from this area that I had no clue? Amber Benson. Yes, that's right. Friend I had of, no fucking clue. Grace, right. Yes. If you don't know her, she was Tara on Buffy the Vampire Slayer in seasons uh, four, four, five, six four through, the end. through six. Oh, she, that's right. she died. Yeah. She did die. And then she didn't come back when when for uh, conversations with dead people. So it was just four, five, six, which I thought was I which I didn't realize. And then I Eric Michaud tagged her in the uh, somebody did a like cartoon version of like the opening for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he tagged Amber uh, in it. And it's like, oh, went to Dr. Phillips High School. I was like, how the fuck did this never come up in anything I've ever seen? <laughs> That's one. And two, speaking of, uh, of Sausage Castles and Sausage Fest, one show we did not mention that started its second season is Angie Tribeca. Oh, yeah. And if you have not watched it, it's fucking hysterical. They did not do the um, the marathon for this season, so we're getting it one episode at a time. But it's the uh, Steve and Nancy Carell uh, produced show, and it's like this extreme spoof in the style of like Airplane and Naked Gun and all of that. Spoof of Palooza. It is fantastic. And the reason that Sausage Castle brought it up was the fact that uh, there's one episode where they're at a golf course and there was a murder. And they said one of the characters is something about, uh, we'll be able to find out once the Sausage Fest ends, and they pan over. And it's like a German sausage festival. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! Yeah. It's a cute show. Yeah. Well, there was one other TV show that came out this week on uh, Netflix, uh, Voltron. Yes. How, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to talk touch that. I watched. Um, I watched the first episode, which is actually the first three episodes as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think the animation's yeah. really well done. Uh-huh. The voice acting's really well done, and. It's the same. Um, it looks like it's the same animation company that did uh, Avatar and That's Legend right. of Korra. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. and it, it works really, really well. I gotta watch that. Pat and I've been if, watching. If you're it. not watching Sailor Moon Crystal season yeah. three, we were watching that. Yeah, I've been watching that. It's getting trippy up in there. I did not understand Sailor Uranus. I kind of always wondered, like, what's the deal with that? And seriously, she's probably my favorite. Or I didn't realize that she's a man and a woman. 
Yeah. Who knew? It's it's it's. I was like, I knew she was a lesbian. What bathroom does she use? <laughs> All of them. All. Of them. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's Target, either one. I mean, otherwise. She uses the world-shaking bathroom. I. I really, really like her, him, and I like her, him, uh, Neptune, and of course I love Pluto. But I even kind of like Saturn, even though I'm probably not supposed to. Dead screen. I like Saturn. I, I, it's just weird because I didn't have the Sailor Moon experience. A lot of you did, and a lot of the listeners probably did. Because listen, my experience with this was like. Six months ago, when Netflix showed it, that's the first time I saw any of this. Now I'm seeing what the actual manga story is supposed well, to be. I'm very much enjoying it, and I really, really, what it all makes me want is I want a redo of Utena, and I want uh, Car Captor to be redone as well. Sakura, I love Car Captor. Sakura is my Sailor Moon, and I am trying to go find all the DVDs so I can watch the whole thing. Because I watched most of it, but. And just this is it's it's good. It's fine. I, I'd like a redo of Ronin Warriors myself. Ooh. Yes, no, yes, no. yes, 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 yes. A good one. So we are going to do the things that make us happy. Our our one up for the week, and we are going to come back and do another comics thing in the near future because there's a lot going on in comics, but we are not ready to talk about it. There's a lot of rebirthing and civil warring and all kinds of crazy shit. So. One ups for the week. Jared, do you want to start or do you want to think? I don't know. There's like this huge vacuum of, of things that I I like now. Now now that the Warcraft movie has passed. Oh, that was your that was your like peak. That, that was, was your that was that and was it for me. And it's still a one time watcher, it's not something you could go I, back I and watch again. Watch it again. Okay. Yeah. All right. I would probably just mute it. <laughs> or at least mute the audio. Like. That much eye candy. Yes. Alright. Yeah. So uh nothing? Yeah. All right. Oral. Um, technically, this isn't making me happy. It's making me incredibly tense. It's not what you think. So um, I've been guesting on Stupid Podcast, and they're, we've come out with a series called What's Eating Oral, where, what? where I am forced to watch zombie movies. I like it. Um, the first one is... Uh, I'll, I'll leave it as a secret until it comes out. But at one point, I do scream, "Just kill the little white bitch! Just kill the little white bitch!" What? What's? Where can we find this? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll post a link on Facebook it's when like it comes the out. Stupid podcast. Stupid right? popcast. Popcast. S T double O P I E D. I'm sorry, P I D. Uh, popcast. P O P C A S T. All right, Eric. And mine is going to be Voltron. I need to finish the season. It's all... Did they just dump the whole thing up there? Yeah, it's a Netflix show. Okay. Jeff? Uh, I would say Rocket League. It's uh, If you have Xbox One, it's too late now, but it was a free weekend. So the game was free, and you could play on uh, multiplayer as much as you wanted. Uh, But it's coming to an end. So, But I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. and I own it on PC, so now it just gives me a reason to go back and play it even more on PC. PJ? Um, Well, I... Uh, there's a there's a lot that I'm probably gonna change my mind on after leaving here. Um, I'm gonna have to say it's an anime series that came out about two to three years ago called Food Wars: Sageki no Soma. I love that series. I've watched it for the third time this past weekend. Could you um, explain this? So Food Wars: uh, Sageki no Soma. If anybody's familiar with any of the other kind of like, there's a basketball anime. There's an anime on bread. Um. 
Food Wars is pretty much just an anime about a kid who wants to be a better cook than his father. He works in their diner. This isn't Ocean Bowl? No. Okay. Because that's a similar idea. Um, so he goes to this absurd school. It's called Totsuki, um, where he's going to learn how to be a, a world-class chef. Uh, the, the weird thing about the anime is that it's the between, between the cooking parts of the anime, it's pretty normal. It's almost like, almost like a kind of just a comedy, but once they start cooking, and the over embellishing of how the characters react to the food. There's oh, a lot that's of this show. Weird nudity yes. moments. Yes. Yes. Okay. The, I have the seen first this. episode. Yeah, I it's circulated like everywhere on uh-huh. Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, gotcha pork roast. Just just post. Just look up on YouTube. Gotcha pork roast reaction. Uh-huh. And you'll probably get the scene. Um, but yeah, I've watched that series about three times, and rumor has it they're actually going to do a second season uh, coming up at the end of this summer. So. Really? Yeah, that is... And that show is called again? Uh, Food Wars, Sageki no Soma. All right. Because I, I have seen that scene, and I wondered, what the hell is this from? And the whole thing's up on YouTube. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So they, the, apparently, the company doesn't care, and they just... Yeah. So it's just hanging out on YouTube, if you yeah, want to watch man. it. So, speaking of YouTube, Self-Obsessed by Cena Grace. Uh, if you are a fan of Cena's from Burn the Orphanage, Little Depressed Boy... Uh, some of his Marvel stuff that he's done. Not my bag. Not my bag, of course. And the self-obsessed book that he put out uh, earlier this year, I think. Um, a, we did an interview with him on Comic Book Bears that is excellent. And he had a lot of fun being on it because he's a big old chaser. So he was thrilled to be interviewed by a bunch of bears. It's up on um, Comic Book Bears Libsyn. But the other thing is his video series, which is a sort of prequel to getting to him like it, it's like it's a it's a fictionalized snapshot of his life not unlike some of these people are doing now um louis ck is doing one of these uh lady dynamite is supposedly sort of maria banford's version of this uh the jim gaffigan show is sort of like this they take their real personality and they sort of put themselves in a fictionalized situation and they they play this route but Cena does this sort of more realistically, like his actual journey. And Amber Benson's in it, and some other great actors. Uh, Jeremy Owen, my collaborator from way back when we did a comic together, um, who does Burley Press. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's a quick little, what, five-episode mini. Uh, each one's like a couple minutes long, five minutes at the most. Cena's awesome. He's been going through some medical issues that I think they're largely figuring out, and he's fine. But um, we love him to death. He's been on Flame On before. We love seeing him out in the community and, and making comics. And so please check this out. Also check out his Tumblr because he posts co- like little random one-off comics all the time. And uh, Cena Grace, just like you think, S-I-N-A uh, Grace. So <laughs> if you like what you are listening to, I will just say there's a whole thing coming that can talk about how you can support our show. We love hearing from you. Please reach out to us, Facebook, email, uh, website, bulletin board, Tumblr, Twitter, and... Bathroom stall. Bathroom stall. Always a pleasure. Check out my new grinder profile. What? What? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to see your reactions. Give <laughs> me a second. But also, please, if you have a second, this does matter a lot, rate and review us on iTunes. We are trying to get more consistent advertising on our network. 
And one of the ways we can do that is get a higher download count and a higher iTunes rating. So share us with your friends and rate us on iTunes. You don't even have to review us, but we love that too. Just give us a rating and it'll help us spread the gay geeky world, a gay geeky news to the world like we love to do. So on that note, flame off. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. Flame On was created by Brian Pitter and is engineered by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdy show. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other nerdy show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. You can follow us at Flame On Podcasts on Twitter or Flame On Show on Facebook and Tumblr. Or you might even see some of us on your favorite gay hookup apps. Just keep an eye out. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.